0: All right, brethren, if you will, let's turn to Luke 23. Luke 23. I know I'm kind of taking my time going through John 19 and the crucifixion of our Lord, but I ain't in a hurry. Maybe maybe he'll teach us something. We don't just blast through it. We stop and dwell. Maybe maybe we'll finally understand something. Lord, this is his message that he preached. Some say this is his last sermon that he preached before he went to the cross and had those seven faithful sayings. And he gives us so many promises so that way we don't despair because we're so prone to despair. But he also gives us so many warnings, that way we don't presume, that way we don't presume. I looked it up, what to weep for, that's the title of the message, what to weep for. We looked at weeping last week, didn't we, with Jacob and Abraham. Odd how those things tie together now, what a coincidence. No, that's not what it is. Uh, I had at the end of my notes that my cousin, I found out, was very, was close to, was in the hospital today, and it was probably his last day on this earth. And I said, if he's still alive, it's what I had typed in my notes, and I got word that he's not alive. He's died. This earthly life is over. And I was like, I wonder how many people die a day. There's billions on this earth, and it's increased rapidly since so 1800. I give you a big lesson on it, but uh, a lot of people's on this earth. You know, on average, just the average day, obviously there's more and there's less, about 150,000 people meet their maker on a daily basis. How you th- what do you think about that? That's what they got coming to them. Is that our attitude? Are we mad? Are we glad? Are we sad? There's a reaction. What we just read there in Matthew 27, what we're going to look at at Luke 23, what we've been looking at in John 19 and recorded there in Mark 2. When our Lord went to that cross, there were those around that were mad kill him oh it's about time this this man was just about i mean he was this close to reigning over us we're free now oh we have liberty now nobody's gonna tell me what to do is that your nature is that in you from adam there were those that were mediocre I, i felt i put them in the glad category those romans that's just another day that's the last day of the work week You know how many people, they crucified us all the time. It's what I do for a living. Uh, Oh, let me guess. He's got a sob story. Let me guess. There's excuse. Well, you know, my kid's sick and this is all. And I was on hard times. Say it for somebody else. Hand me a hammer. They're just doing a job. Just doing a job. And there was some that was sad. There was some that wept. It was all I could do read Matthew 27. I'm sorry. And, and I ought to caution. I do the best I can not to show emotion so I don't influence your emotions from this pulpit. I pray that God does and he breaks hearts. But there's those that wept. They watched their Lord go and out of love. They cried because they loved him. Not because it was sad, because they loved him. How would you like if your children drug out in the street and just beat mercifully Without mercy for for forty eight hours, you'd be like, oh, you got any popcorn? Cold blooded, buddy. But those that love, we have love. They some some people there in that great multitude. They loved the Lord. They did. Look here in Luke twenty three, verse twenty six. Luke twenty three twenty six. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one. Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, a passerby. <laughs> and on him they laid the cross that might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. I like the way that's word, they bewailed. They didn't say, well, I just... And just dabbed the corner of their eye weeped bitterly and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, here's the reason, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do see they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? That's the last thing our Lord spoke. Some call it his last sermon. I imagine there's a lot of people that teach homiletics that are experts on sermon preparation. that would say, that's not a good three-point gospel message or whatever, you know, whatever the seminaries may say. It would do me good to study the master and study his word. He found this worthy and complete to say. Do you think I ought to think it worthy and complete to say? He gave Jonah his words for Nineveh 40 days and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. That ain't good enough. It was for God to give it to his prophet, was not it? Who art thou, old man, to question God? This is his speaking, his words. I thought of some reasons. I, th- I dwelled on this a lot. Reasons not to weep. This is a command. command. He's speaking to his children. He didn't say, everybody, it's in line behind me. Don't cry. He said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. Why are we not to weep? What's some reasons? we aren't to weep. I'll tell you the first one primarily. He is king. This is the king. We can't get it through our thick heads cuz providence gets in the way and we try to interpret everything and we think we're so wise. God did it. Do you know why you went through all the trials you went through this year? Do you know why I went through all the trials I went through? Cuz God was pleased to let that happen. He's my king and he's on his throne and we ought to be Now we're we're going to cry. We're going to shave her heads and hit the ground crying, that's okay. We ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. God's on his throne, and we know him. We ought to be a jovial people. Every one of us ought to have wrinkles right here from just smiling all the time, not frowning and not bellyaching. I'm getting whatever. Whatever's in the heart of a person is going to come out of their mouth. If they're worried about what's floating in the clouds up above you, that's what you're going to talk about. You ain't going to talk about God who sits on a throne above all. You'll talk about what you're worried about. I wish he'd make me talk about him, don't you? We ought to. He's the king from his first words. Can you imagine that? Josiah boy, about your age, about your height. His mother said, where'd you go? We couldn't find you for two days. He said, woman, what's wrong with you? Don't you talk to your mother that way, but he did. He's God. He can do what he wants. Don't you know I got to be about my father's business? That's the king on his mission. The first things recorded all the way through his entire life, every look, every thought, every sigh everything was perfect exactly as was ordained and according to his wills it pleased him until the last thing come out of his mouth it's finished the whole time not a hair was out of place we need to get that or we don't know about god's sovereignty it's just a definition in webster's dictionary he's on his throne at all times that's never been a question don't cry for him He's doing exactly what he purposed to do. This is the hour he talked about. We read what Paul said. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who's the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. They're in heaven that are in earth, visible and invisible. You know those things you can't see? Christ created those, whether they be thrones or dominions. You hate the governor. God put him there. That means you hate God. That ought to change our attitude, shouldn't it? That are in heaven, that are in earth, visible everywhere, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. It's for his glory. We can't understand it, but it's so, isn't it? And all things, he's before all things, and by him all things consist. That tree out front's alive because the Lord's pleased to let that tree be alive. He's the one that did it. You can water it and you can not water it. It don't make a difference. It's his tree. Get it to grow if he wants it to. This is the king. Turn over to 1 Samuel 22. I'll tell you what our nature is prone to do. 1 Samuel 22. If you get to 2 Samuel, you went too far. 1 Samuel 22. This is the king, and he says, Don't weep for me. Let me tell you something. He doesn't need your tears. That's, that's what's common throughout all religion. And a poor little bitty Jesus just dying that needs you to help him. That's what you grew up in, right? That's what everybody, that's all around. Go down the street, pick somebody. Just He needs your pity. You ought to feel sorry for him. He went and died, and now you've got to do something for him. That poor fella. He is, does not need your tears. He does not need your pity. He does not need your sympathy. Is he worthy of it? You bet he is. That's the innocent one. He knew no sin, and he willfully went up to that cross. He's worthy of it. We are not the ones worthy of his tears. We're not worthy of his sympathy. We're not worthy worthy of his pity, though he pitieth us, though he knows our frame. But we think we are. Do You know what? Everybody in this room, I know it because I know it. It's in me. You want people to feel sorry for you. That's why we bellyache all the time. I want to say it today as plain as I can say it. That's why we can't stop yapping about all of our problems. That's why I can't stop. My hand swelled up like a I got stung by a bone, but it's killing me. And I can't just wait to tell somebody and then feel sorry for me. Because I'm a little K king. We all are. God conquers the king. Heart's in the king's hand. I pray he'd work in the heart tonight. Look here in 1 Samuel 22. This is true of earthly kings. Verse 7. 1 Samuel 22:7. 7. Then Saul said unto his servants that stood by him, Hear now, ye Benjamites. Will the son of Jesse, speaking to David, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? That's what Satan told our Lord, didn't he? I'll give you, see everything you see? I'll give that to you. <laughs> so i said, you know what I can do for you? Let me give you the features and the benefits. Verse 8, that all of you have conspired against me. And there's none that showeth me that my son hath made a league with the son of Jesse. And there's none of you that feel sorry for me. The king, this so-called so king, stood before his people and, and berated them because none of them felt sorry for him. Don't y'all feel sorry for me? You want somebody to feel sorry for you? I want somebody to feel sorry for I'm going to be honest with you, I do. I got an old man in me. I don't deserve pity from anybody. I don't deserve sorrow from anybody at all but God, who's rich in mercy. Isn't that amazing? He said, "It showeth to me that my son stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait this day. Hey, I, people, There's hard things in my life, and y'all ain't feel sorry for me. That's our nature. That's our nature. And Lord, the Lord commands to his daughters of Jerusalem, don't you weep for me. That's what you used to. That's what you've been doing your whole life. I'm telling you, I'm the real king. You ain't never seen a king like me. i have an eternal throne, and do not shed a tear for me. Don't do it. There in our text, Luke 23, it says, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. Don't weep for Christ the king. This is the very hour he came to accomplish. Do you remember on that Mount of Transfiguration? We're back in Luke 23. Back to our text. That Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord took three of his apostles up there with him, and the sky opened up, didn't it? A voice came from heaven. But there was somebody with our Lord. He He just shone. I, would, I don't know what that means. I can't imma- I imagine it, but I can't imagine it as it is. He was like a great light. Uh, his, his true self revealed to these people, and they fell asleep. What well, we promised to do. But that Moses was there with him, and Isaiah was standing there with him. That picture is the law, and that picture is the prophets. Moses and, and Isaiah was standing there with him. And you know what they was talking about? Let me just tell you. I know you might, you might remember it. Can I just tell you? I'm going to a my paycheck for a second. So they appeared in glory, and they spake of his decease, which he should suffer. No, accomplish in Jerusalem. <laughs> You're the king. You, this is what you want to do. you going to die for the sins of your people, willingly lay down your life. You're going to accomplish it. Let's talk about that. Moses and Isaiah thought that was something real important to talk about. What a magnificent thing. And those daughters there who loved him so much wept bitterly. And he said, don't you weep for me. Don't weep for me. That's what Paul wrote about. He said, of him, through him, and to him are all things. He's the source, he's the means, and he gets the glory for all things. Even this. even this. God show us that in our trials. Our itty-bitty, insignificant, light afflictions that we think are mountains and ain't even close to molehills. God teach us that. Show us Christ in it. That's why he sent the trial. I want to ask it often. I want to ask it early. Early, I see a trial coming. We got a couple, We got plenty of them in the fire right now, and there's more coming over the hill real soon. I ask him often. I ask him early. Show me what. You, teach me what you're going to teach me, Lord. Show me. I want to be made to remember and see Him as He is. That's what we're going to observe tonight. You can't. You can't remember somebody you ain't never met. Don't don't tell me about a Kiss concert if you ain't never been to a Kiss concert. Don't tell me about the Olympics if you ain't never been. Don't tell me about a God you never met. But if we see him, we're going to see him as king. If you're going to know the true God, you're going to know him as king. The Lord. The Lord. Not some guy named Jesus, a victorious savior, the captain of our salvation, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That's who he is. And we understand that in totality. Don't we? We know it's all over. We don't have a full under. We see through a glass. (laughs) I want to see it all the time. Reason number two not to weep. First, he's king. Second, if we weep, most of the time that's false comfort in us or to somebody else. Don't weep for him because tears are deceptive. He knew the outward actions. He knew the inward thoughts. And he knew the heart that they spoke from. And he said, don't weep for me. This is detrimental to you. Tears most often fool more the one that's crying. We see somebody crying with, oh, there's something terrible going on, or, oh, something's good going on. And they can be more deceptive to the one whose eyes are falling out of. And there's some that understand the Scriptures well, and they know their sin, and they don't physically cry, but they cry in the heart. And we don't know what the heart is. God does. God does. Out of that heart proceeds evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witnesses and blasphemies. And out of that heart proceeds worship. It's just either is it the old man or the new man. But the heart's deceptive, isn't it? People say, well, if I know my heart, I know that I love my children. Well, you know what you're saying when you say that? I know my heart. The scriptures say you don't know your heart. Heart's deceitful above all, desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the Lord said, I am the Lord, and I search the heart. I try the reins. Does that make you agree, or does that make you bow? Heavy matters, isn't it? We cannot know someone else's heart by tears, nor should we be comforted by our own ability to cry. I can read Matthew 27, and it about rips my heart I ought not find comfort in the fact that I can cry. There's a boxer, real famous fella. I can't stand him. I just don't like him. And he was saying something really, really patriotic. And I started getting choked up. And I thought, I, I like what he's saying. I, do, I still don't like that fella. I don't care for him. I just, he's just mean and he ain't nice. And he had some real patriotic things to say. And I choked up. Sarah McLaughlin starts saying it about orphaned animals and I get teary-eyed. Does that mean I want more animals in my house? No, it does not. I can be fooled by tears. You can be fooled by tears. I've been fooled by the tears of, of another. Weeping can be deceiving. And most of the time, it's just a show. Most, Many times, it's just a show. I've been fooled. I saw somebody's crying over the things that, that, that the Lord was saying in his word. And I thought, boy, this is such a good thing. And it it sprung up swiftly, but had no root. The Lord said even prayer could be used for self-glory, didn't he? He told us the end state of that. He said, though when you pray, don't you pray like a hypocrite who loved to to stand in the synagogues and the corners of the streets and to be seen of men and their much saying? He said, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. I don't want to have crocodile tears, do you? I don't want to have a significant emotional event or a, a, an emotional experience and have stock in that. I don't want nobody having stock in nothing. I don't want you having stock in all the things you did good for God and your baptism card and you playing music for Him. And I don't want you to have stock in your tears that you cry because this is real sad. I want you to have stock in a person. That's what I want. I want that for you. I want that for your children. I want that for each and every one of you and, and and your family members that won't come. I want that for them. I do. Don't weep for Jesus. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's God. And don't find comfort in your ability to weep over scriptural things or even spiritual things. Find your comfort in him. What should we weep for? He said, don't weep for me. Daughters of Jerusalem. This is a command. This is instruction. He's teaching his children. We should weep for ourselves. Luke 23, verse 28. Jesus turned to them and said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. That's a command. That's a command. What? How is a child of God going to weep for ourselves? We know him. They loved him. I love him. He first loved me and I love him. How can I weep for myself? Don't weep for him. You weep for yourself. I've heard this before. You have too but I experienced it. It ain't something I know, it's something I understand. I, there's a little baby dead skunk in our in our road just down from the house today. And I got choked up over that thing. And I thought, this is the same as that boxer? <laughs> no, it's different. It's a whole lot different. I I can explain these things. I might as well be speaking Chinese unless God gives you a heart to understand it. But I saw that little baby skunk, and I thought, it's never sinned against God. It's so much below me. And I'm so much better than it and bigger than it and smarter than it. Got enough sense not to cross the road. And it's never sinned against a holy God. It's never been at war with God pretending it was righteous and religious. It's never done those things. It's never been self-promoting and despised the Lord and despised his word. And think, well, I know, I think. It's never done that. Oh, what a blessed thing, isn't it? As a child of God, I've been convinced of sin. That's me, the noun, <laughs> not just the verb. Everybody sins. I'm the noun. That's what I am. That's me. I'm the chief of, chief of sinners. And I've told you that before. Paul says that, and and this world's full of sinners. Yeah, they're all over. And I ain't never going to Home Depot again either. About got mugged this week, and I thought, boy, I lost sinners. And I thought, good thing the Lord didn't take His hand off me. I'd have whooped every one of them. <laughs> I'm the sinner. Paul thought he was the chief of sinners, but I know it's different. I know me. And you know what? I was talking to a brother this morning, and he said, my sins are before me. I I know what I am. And I've sinned against the one I love. And I know all my troubles I have right now is my fault. It's my fault. My troubles are my fault. It ain't what somebody else said. It ain't, it ain't what somebody else did. It ain't mean old so-and-so. It's this one. If they were mean to me, shouldn't I pray for them? Shouldn't I pray for those that despitefully use me? That's what God says, isn't it? I want to do that. The trouble I brought on myself right now, I mean, you've talked about this all week. I didn't believe God and I didn't believe his word and I thought I knew better. That's why I'm in the shape I'm in. Believers are not to weep because our Redeemer went to a cross. We we're we're should weep because it was my sin that put him there. It was my disobedience and my rebellion that nailed every one of them nails in that cross on him. He bore me. You want to sin more? You want to keep doing dumb stuff? You want to keep sinning against his word, not doing anything? <laughs> no. ah, weep for yourselves. Peter was right. It said, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, him walking up that hill, Galgotha, he's he's God. This is the king. Don't you weep for him? Ye have taken and with wicked hands. That's my that's his hand. That's these hands. Right here. This this big one and this little one. <laughs> that's what it was. And have crucified and slain. He's speaking to the very ones that did this. God saved some of them, didn't he? It was absolutely necessary for Christ to go to that cross. He must be the justifier and remain just. It must happen. So we don't weep over the remedy. We reap over the disease. We don't weep over the cure. We weep over the cause. Do you see that? you see that? If I were to stand here and say for you to weep for yourselves because you you are sinners and you've sinned against the holy God, and everything you've ever thought, and everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done is wrong. It's sin, and you are full of hatred, and and you would eat your own young if you got the chance to. And everything you say that you did good, or you thought was good intentions way back when, was nothing but dung. It was used menstruation cloths is what it was. You would have every right to be mad at me, to get up, and walk out of here and don't you ever talk to me again if I said that to you you'd have every right to be mad at me but I don't say those things to you God says those things to you God says those things is that something weep over he says that to me those that are unregenerate you weep for yourself you're going to face wrath. You want to avoid death now. Somebody's sick. They have a heart attack. Well you do. Oh, don't let them die. Oh, save them. Get the helicopters out here. Fly them to a level one trauma center. Do all the heart respirations you can do. Give them a blood transfusion. Why? Because we're scared to death to face a holy God we've offended. We was at war with. But the day will come. You'll beg you can die. That's what the scriptures say. Rocks and mountains falling. A child of God. Those that know what sin is, it's against him, against thee and the only have sin. You weep over your sin on that one that we once despised and now love. Job said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. What else? Verse 28. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Those sweet, precious children ain't no different than us. Well, they're just sweet little angels. No, they ain't. No, they ain't. They got my blood running through them. Can't be. Get your blood running through them. They're children of Adam. They'll cut your throats. Hard making a mind, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't got to teach them to do bad. I got to try my best to teach you to do good. <laughs> That's a hard part. Pray for your children. You want to weep? Weep for your children. Weep that God saves them. Do If you love them, if you love them, do whatever's in your power, that your God-given rights that he gave you to do something to make them hear the gospel. Put them in front of it. Get them around it. Get them where the sound of the gospel is preached and pray for them. And then if the Lord does work in them, if he does show them what they, they are, weep for them because it's going to hurt. You know you've been through it. <laughs> it's going to hurt. It's okay. That shot of medicine is going to sting, but this is a good physician. You have sat still. he <laughs> will be all right. You'll be okay. Pray God takes them and shows them that we've offended him and we've sinned against the Holy God. Break their hearts. Weep for them that God breaks their hearts. If you care, if you care to, if you love them. Those, those that you love, your family members, weep for them. It's not just children, not just your offspring. I don't have any kids, I ain't going to worry about that. No. Weep for them. What should we weep for? He knew the end state of each and every soul. Do you know that? It wasn't just the thoughts. It wasn't just the actions that was going on right then. It wasn't, But he knew what was going to happen. The Lord. And he gives instruction. Look here in verse 28. It says, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear. Blessed are those. We always say, oh man, the Lord's blessed us with a bunch of children. The Lord blessed them with a baby. The day's going to come, you wish that baby wasn't born. That happens in life anyway. scriptures say them little boys you got, there's going to come one day. They're going to come one day that you're going to say, I wish they was never born. God says so. God says so. Now, we can lie and say, oh, I've never thought that about my darlings. Well, you're calling God a liar. He said so. We say now they're so blessed to have children. Not then. He said, in the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they cry and say to the mountains, fall on us. Remember that whole lifetime they said, oh, don't let me die. Don't let me die. And then they'll say, kill us. Let the hills cover us. Hide us from judgment from God. Turn over to 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2. I think we'll have time. 1 Timothy 2. Here in verse 1. 1 Timothy 2, 1. I exhort thee, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all the people I like. No, all men. For kings and for all that are in authority. That's a San Diego Sheriff's Department. That's a code enforcement. You hear me? That's what Paul's talking about. Let's read it. God says this. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. I believe in scriptural limited atonement. You know I believe in that. <laughs> the Lord died for a people. That's as plain as a nose on your face. But he delights to show mercy. Come to him right now and beg for mercy. If you ain't never come to him before, run as hard as you can in your heart right now to him and beg for mercy. Well, I, I What if I know if I'm elect? That's an excuse. And read his word, there'll be no excuses in hell. When that final day comes, there'll be no excuses. Wait, well, the father didn't pick me and it's his fault. Absolutely not. No, it's man's fault. It's mankind's fault. Do we weep for our fellow man and pray for him? What about for our kings, our presidents? What for others pray for their prime ministers, our governors? Do we weep and pray for those that hate us? I got some enemies in this world. Do you? Do you pray for them? Do you weep for them? God commands us to, doesn't he? He said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. That's what he does. I won't be like him, do you? Luke 16. Luke 16, I'll try to hurry. There'll come a time, it'll be too late. There are 150,000 people a day going in to meet their maker. That crushes me sometimes, especially if you know them why don't we, <laughs> we're in Luke 16, why don't we pray for those right now? Why don't I weep for them right now? Maybe God will be pleased to save them, like David and his son. I mean, he wept and he mourned, didn't shave, and he was nasty, and then the son died, and he went, got up and he washed his face, and he got something to eat, and he went and worshiped God, didn't he? But He wept for that son while he had the opportunity to. Here's the end, Luke 16, verse 19. And there was a certain rich man... I got this highlighted, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. That's the, that's the ticket, this whole passage. He had his own clothing, he had his own righteousness. Do you get that? And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, putrefying sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He's calling to the wrong one, isn't he? And send Lazarus that he may dip the tongue of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. We'll look at that some other day, but it ain't physical flame. I'm scared of getting burnt to death, but this body's going to die, but the soul won't. Huh? And, and, and and old Miss Cash hit it pretty good. There's a ring of fire, and it's just a burning inside of you because it's your own torment. It's your own regret that you just, and sin that you dealt with for, for eternity. It don't go away. The misery don't go away. That loneliness doesn't go away. That darkness doesn't go away. And you cry out begging for something to just Quench it for a second. But Abraham said, son, verse 25, remember that thou in this li- in thy lifetime receivedest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and thou art tormented. You didn't have to deal with that sin stuff while you was alive. Everything's hunky-dory. Lazarus knew what he was. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence you to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us. That would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wilt send him to my father's house. I have five brethren. Oh, now he's weeping for his brothers and his children and his family, isn't he? Now he's praying, God save them. Abraham, somebody, go preach to him. Send that beggar, that poor man, sores all over him. Send him, and he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of to torment. Don't let them come here. Abraham saith unto them, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. I got the word. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. If they saw signs and wonders, if you just do something fancy, because the scriptures ain't enough. That's what he's saying. God's word ain't enough. We need something extra. And he saith unto him, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though though, though one rose from the dead. I can't tell you what peace and relief and comfort that verse gives me. I think of the people that I've met in my life that I didn't tell them about Christ and him crucified and they they died. I've had a lot of friends die. I've watched a lot of people die. And and had fam- a lot of family, just like you have, I've had a lot of family die. And I thought, did I tell them? Did I, did I pray for them? Did I weep for them? Did I? And then I get so much comfort and peace. They had his word. They had his preachers. They wouldn't go listen to him. They they just fought him tooth and toenail over anything that came out of their mouth, but 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 they had a preacher sent to them, they had the word sent to them, they had it on the internet something. And does that make me be a fatalist? So when I ain't gotta preach. They got the word. If God's gonna save them, he'll save them. It's his business. I preach all the more. I wanna do anything I can to tell folks, especially those I love, but all mankind. Let's just think, you heard how many cars go by? People upstairs making a ruckus right now. They may meet God tonight. You may meet God tonight. Oh, I don't want to presume. Like, well, I'm pretty sure. That. I mean, they heard the gospel. They're probably okay. I want to preach to everybody like they've never known him. I do, and I hope I'm compassionate enough as if everyone's a child of God. Who's sufficient for these things? Our Lord did those things, didn't he? He said, don't you weep for me, but there's some here that may be holding that spear, that one that may be sticking gall in my mouth of vinegar, and I came to die for them, whichever ones it was. I must be about my father's business. Should I, should I pray the Father at this hour not come? For this hour is why I come. <laughs> he said, you pray for yourselves, you pray for your children, because that day's coming of judgment. Back in our text, Luke 23. Jesus turning to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming, in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs which never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and the hills cover us. What a terrifying thing to enter into eternity and not know Christ. Those he says in Revelation 9 and that in those days, men will seek death, and they won't find it, and they'll desire to die. That's, that's new, isn't it? They'll have a desire to die, and death shall flee from them. It'll be the worm that never dies, the flame that's never quenched even the kings and the great men and the rich and the chief captains and the mighty men and bond men and free men. It didn't make a difference. He said, they'll cry for the rocks and the mountains that follow us. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. What's that? That's judgment. There's a real popular preacher. Got a couple of private jets. Seems like he's doing pretty good. They said, well, why don't you talk about sin much? He said, I'd just rather not talk about sin. People know they ain't doing nothing. People know they've made mistakes. I don't need to rub their noses in it. Yes, we do. Fire and brimstone preaching, that was needed back in the 50s, but we've refined ourselves. It's more needed now than it's ever been. It is. I thought of my cousin. He's in and out of churches, but he lived his life like a heathen. He didn't know God and he hated him. And it's good for me to watch that happen. As painful as it is, it's the Lord's purpose is good for you. Whenever, whenever We have funerals. I always think of Ecclesiastes 7. It's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. It's better for us to have a somber evening and mourn and weep over those that died in their sins and than it is to, to go have a big party and a law, For that's the end of all men. We're all going to die. And the living will lay it to heart. Those that God's put a new heart in, you'll take it to heart. You will, and you'll be thankful for what he's done for you. You'll be thankful that we don't need to weep for him because he's a king and he did that on purpose. We needed him to die for us. And I want to tell other men and women, you need the Lord to die for you. You can't make it in your own robe. You're going to be wishing somebody go talk to your brethren. Is this serious? What's his last thing he said, verse 31? For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? What's green tree? Him. It's not fit for burning. There's life in it. There's moisture in it. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't good for burning. What do you burning in your fireplace? Dry stuff. That's fit for the burning. He who knew no sin, he was made sin. The just for the unjust. That we might be the made the righteousness of God in him. And you think God the Father, you know what he thinks about sin? Look what he did to his own son. Christ cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That way we would know he was forsaken of God and enter into a torment that we don't, you don't even want to think about. We can't even imagine. For us. Now, if he'll do that to his son who just bore our sins, he was made us, but who never knew no sin, what's he going to do to you? What's he going to do to your sons, your wives, and your friends, and your neighbors, and your kids? And What's he going to do to me if I'm outside of him? I come in my own righteousness. I pray, give us a heart to weep for ourselves and for our children. And I pray, give us a heart that weeps in joy because we know him. We know who he is. Isn't that a precious thing? That's a precious thing.